All right, what up? Welcome to episode 95 of the Me Dwelle podcast. Stuart Anderson here with just a short introduction before we meet Dan Draper. Chip and I interviewed Dan, the founder of Maybird Cycling. Uh, you might have seen the Maybird Cycling kids riding around your neighborhood on the trails. Uh, they are everywhere. This is such a great team. Uh, we'll talk all about what they are, who they are, and why Dan founded them, and the huge impact that he's had as both an example and a coach to the Maybird squad. So really fun to meet with Dan, really excited about this episode, uh, just getting into why he started Maybirds and the history of what this team is is all about, these high school kids uh, who compete and train and work outside of the high school program. Uh, Dan alludes to it in the podcast, which is it's kind of funny because I thought the same thing. Uh, if you are out riding where a lot of me dwellers ride, uh, there are two kits you are bound to see, a Maybird kit or a Meadwelly kit. And uh, we thought it would be fun to interview Dan and talk about his team and uh, why they exist and who they are. So uh, really grateful for this chance to meet him and thankful for not only the things he shares about Maybird, but you'll learn a lot about uh, coaching kids, what he thinks is important when it comes to uh, making sure it's a positive experience for young kids on the bike and and old and old folks, you know, it applies to us too. Uh, so grateful for Dan's uh, wisdom and the things that he's learned on the bike. So really fun to connect with him. Uh, grateful for all you listening. Episode ninety five. Hard to believe that we have this many uh, interviews and and episodes over the last three years. But super grateful as we close up twenty twenty three. Uh, we've kind of moved into an interesting part of the year where the team moves to Zwift. Um, so I, I wanted to make just a short and brief announcement about that. If you're listening to this, uh, the team has a club. So if you download the Zwift Companion app, you can find or search for the Meduele Club and then be asked uh, to, to be added to the team. We don't send out meetups or anything like that anymore. Uh, when the club creates an event, you get notified through the companion app, and then you can join or not join. There's uh, pretty clear instructions every time one of the race leaders or ride leaders organizes a ride. So we have multiple guys on the team creating rides, uh, planning weeks in advance. Big thanks to Clark Davis, who is kind of uh, spearheading our entire Zwift season. Really cool to see him plan and organize what we've got going on uh, for the winter. So uh, join us or don't. I mean... It's awful and terrible and wonderful all at the same time. <laughs> so uh, join with caution. Uh, it's a huge part, in my opinion, of belonging to the team uh, through winter training and the things that we accomplished on Zwift uh, with a lot of prizes and fun stuff from our sponsors. So uh, join us on Zwift two or three times a week. Uh, we've got a calendar and, and everything that helps us keep uh, organized. So that's it. Grateful for each of you. Thankful for all the big orders for the 40th kit. Uh, look for those coming soon. And hopefully you enjoy this episode with Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Chip. All right. Bye. All right. What's up? Welcome to episode 95, Me Dwelle Podcast. Hey, Chip. How are you? Hey, great. Great, everyone. Great to have you. Dan Draper from... Uh, Dan, I mean, I'm just going to call you Maybird's founder, CEO. I mean, all <laughs> things Maybird. We're grateful to have you. I'm I'm so grateful to be here. This is really cool cool opportunity for me. If if you don't know Maybirds, uh, we will get into what they are. But uh, where me and Chip live, 
the kids and adults that wear the Maybird kit, they are the they are like Chip. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. They're honored. I mean, it's like the coolest thing to see these kids out training and the coaches that are with them. It's a huge part of our community, and we thought. Uh, why not interview Dan and hear the history and why he puts so much into uh, helping kids and coaches find cycling and and love the sport that we're part of. So, yeah, uh, just to piggyback on that, Stu, it's it's like for those hearing Maybird for the first time, it's it's like a club for kids, for high school kids. Like we all know how much we love the Medwelli Club as uh, adults and it's our favorite thing to do morning and weekends <laughs> but for these kids to have the same thing through high school it's putting them into nika in a strong way we'll we'll go there yeah um chip before we get started yep. any any announcements any any uh yes yeah. there's some some <laughs> big things going on uh the kit order that just closed uh my and goodness. Dan, you need to know that this is our 40-year anniversary since 1984, the Medwelli team. And so this kit order uh, in bright neon to to honor our um our founders. early 80s, <laughs> our early 80s founders. <laughs> yeah. Uh Stu shared a stat that it is our our largest kit order in history. So of yeah. So that's a lot of uh a lot of spandex for us. <laughs> Index. It's a lot of neon. So yeah, Volet has started to make the kits and uh, they'll be available maybe five or six weeks and uh, we'll find a time to get everybody together to to ship them out. Uh, team camp, I want to make sure that everybody knows about in April of next year, April 2024, just to make sure you get it on your calendar. Uh, the 10th is the Wednesday, so you could come down that day because we'll be riding the 11th, 12th, and 13th so april down in st george for team camp so hopefully everybody can join us cool anything else chip i'd say zwift has kicked off Ugh. with Ugh. fury some uh today was sprint <laughs> fest uh zwift and uh man it's so fun because it is led by different individuals on the team each week and um it's it's almost like riding outside. <laughs> Dan's a Zwifter. We should have Dan join. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, I I love Zwift. I've I've kind of gets me through the winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh we've got a, a calendar. If you didn't know about it, that uh, is managed every week by a different team member who plans and organizes rides and events. So um, yeah, if you're not on it, join the club on Zwift, and you'll get a notification every time we plan an event. So. You know, it's funny because I Zwift a lot and Scott Miles invited <laughs> me to my first group ride ever. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was missing. It's yes, just like, Dan. <laughs> it makes it totally different to do group rides on Zwift. You know, I've just been like doing it on my own and, and it was just so much fun to do it as a group. So I, I think I was there last year when Scotty set that up. There were like five or six of us in that yeah. little maybe oh man that just was a team so, group but it was just yeah. i was just like where has this been all my life <laughs> so good um i asked dan's son joe to send a few things to help us uh introduce him uh and and i think we'll chip will have some more intimate questions for him but um if you if 
in 2017, Maybridge was founded and it's kind of East Bench, Foothills, although there's kids from all over the state that participate, I think. Um, and Joe said of Dan that he founded it in 2017 with his sons to provide an accessible youth development experience. Since then, he's coached hundreds of young riders toward the ultimate goal of lifetime cycling participation. And over the last couple of weeks, I've gone back and listened to a lot of the Maybird early podcasts to kind of get Dan's story. Um, but I think after Chip introduces Dan, that's where I kind of want to start because Dan's story of how he got into cycling is really cool, really inspiring. Chip, anything else? Yeah, let's let's add to that a little bit on the history. Um, Maybird, as Stu mentioned, founded in 2017. There, um, according to Dan, there has never been a better time to start cycling, as high school mountain biking programs bring thousands of young people to the sport. We see an opportunity to take the next step to elevate cycling from a hobby to a lifestyle. Maybird is more than a team, a riding group, or a tag on an Instagram post. Maybird is a community of passionate, healthy, and responsible humans. We see cycling as a conduit to better physical and mental health, community cohesion, and lifelong fulfillment, because at the end of the day, the real magic of cycling has nothing to do with bikes, races, trails, or roads. It's all about making people's lives better. Um, That's so strong. And, and so uh, I would start out by sharing. um, So I have uh, my daughter who is now um, 20 years old, um, Mia, she, she raced and rode with Maybird um, for a hand for three years. Uh, all while racing for Olympus High School as well. The thing about um, being with with Dan and the Maybird team is is the amount of um, time put into the um, the specifics of training and learning and development and the one on one coaching that would take place. And um, you know, it was during a tough time that was um, right around the COVID period, trying to figure out riding and when we can get together. Uh, This became the place where my daughter was able to go and feel part of a community, um, part of a team, learn how to race really well, which as this mentions, really escalated her into doing well in the, in high school. So um Dan, we want to turn it over to you for your your thoughts on this introduction. <laughs> well, I'm I'm still kind of shocked that Mia's 20. That's <laughs> I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that. It's amazing. Some of these kids, you know, I knew them from when they were little teeny tiny junior devos, and now they're becoming adults, and, and it's just kind of crazy how how fast time has, has flown. But um, you know, it's it's the whole program has been super rewarding for me. Um, I just, you know, I just love how it kind of like, like in a lot of other sports, you know, like schools are kind of rivals. And I remember when I was in high school, like the football teams would, after a football game, they'd 
meet at some park and they'd like fight each other after and, <laughs> and you know and, and cycling's like the complete opposite culture which i just love you know like um you know at the high school games it really doesn't matter what team's doing what well, everyone's cheering for everyone um you know they're you know through maber to like so many high schools have kind of become friends with each other um I know like Olympus and Skyline are almost kind of like one team really because of Maber because it's it really just kind of like um, just softens some of the boundaries between the different schools and you get to meet kids of similar abilities from different parts of the valley and and so so I, I think that's been a, a neat thing a neat part of it yeah um, Dan what you wrote up here on the on the website is very um like it's filled with a lot of passion i love this and you don't come across this often when in our world um could you talk a little bit about how you develop this philosophy like where this cultural idea to train kids that it's not about bikes races trails or roads it's about making people's lives better like why do you do this where did this come from well you know, um, I think if, if there's if there's one thing I've kind of learned the longer I've done this is, you, you know, like at first I was just excited to see like results, you know, and just see how fast kids could get and so forth, you know. And, but the longer I've I've done this, um, and, and I still like to see how far kids can go, but the longer I've done it, I've realized that that this really needs to be done in a healthy and positive way. Um, you know, so that, so that it can be something that they can do throughout their lives and become better people because of it. And, and, and I think that just understanding these kids as individuals and, and kind of just keeping their best interest at mind is, is really the priority over, over results. Um, you know, this is like cycling for these kids. It's not a job. You know, this doesn't put food on the table for any of them. It's something that that should be, should bring them joy, you know, should make them happy, shouldn't be a huge source of stress. So, so I, I just think that there's, you know, there's got to be an appropriate way to get them as fast as you can get them, but in a happy, healthy, fulfilling way too. Thanks. Would you tell the story about how you uh, found cycling? Okay. Well, <laughs> I wish I had a different story. I wish I, know. I could say I was like a former <laughs> pro and this is just what I do in my spare time. <laughs> but um, so when I was in high school, I, I was pretty athletic when I was in high school. I was in great shape. Um, just like a lot of these kids on these high school teams, you know, it's. Um, but then, you know, fast forward a few years, I you know, when I was going through college, I started a business and I ran this business for about nine years, did fairly well. But in, in the recession of 2008, um, things started getting really rough and long story short, I had to close the business down. It was one of, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. It was devastating. It was so stressful and it kind of put me into a funk and, you know, I got really depressed. Um, and, 
I started to put on a lot of weight and I got really unhealthy. And I remember I had a doctor's visit one time and the doctor basically, I mean, my, my blood pressure was like stage two hypertension. My, my doctor basically said that I really need to do something different or I'm probably going to die. And, you know, and so, so I, I scraped up about eight or 900 bucks, went to a bike shop, bought an aluminum hardtail. <laughs> and, and this was back when 29ers were the, like just a new thing. And I was super excited because I had a 29 inch wheel. I thought it was super cool. Mm-hmm. And I bought that and that bike basically saved my life. It, all I ever wanted to do was just ride it. Um, I just would get home from work and I'd ride that thing. And, and I rode that bike into the ground. I, I rode it till the frame cracked and, <laughs> and that bike, it's, it's kind of got like a shrine in my garage. It's hang, just the frame is hanging up in the garage. And I honestly think if my house was on fire, I'd climb up on a ladder and grab that. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that, that bike really saved my life. I just, mm-hmm. I kind of became a fanatic, you know, um, it just, it, it got me over my depression. It, I mean, I'm a healthy, happy person now. It didn't even take that long. It turned my life around pretty quickly. Um, I mean, I do joke now that I have to, to work really, really hard to be mediocre. You know, I'm, I'm not an amazing <laughs> cyclist, but I'm good enough to have fun and, and I'm pretty passionate about it. And I just love, I, I just love seeing other people kind of catch fire and learn to love it too. I love that. Man. So- Dan, you see, you see that change in these kids these days that, I mean, um, at different levels, at different stages of people's lives, they have that, you know, um, we all face times where it's like, I got to make a change in school or in work or whatever the case may be. And, and, and we see that in cycling that it is oftentimes the, uh, what makes that difference. And, um, I think it's really cool when there are coaches that, that teach that we'll get into it a little bit further on the way that Dan, um, shares details with the kids that are on his email chain on what cycling means and what, how it is applicable to life. And, um, so I, I just, I feel like from some of Stu's earlier questions that um, Dan helps, I mean, you've, you've lived that, Dan, but you're helping the kids also learn by experience what you have also, and that's so meaningful. So Dan, kind of shifting that up a little bit, what now that you, what are you doing for work now and is it balancing good with all of your um, uh, <laughs> time with the kids and cycling it, it, good life work work life balance yeah absolutely i work for sun pro building materials um i've you know they i'm i'm lucky to work for them they've they're a really really good company um good good people at the head of that corporation lucky to be there and um yeah and it it, it works out well you know with you know, I'm able to, I mean, that was one thing about being a, a small business owner is I, I never could have 
run Maybird and be a small business owner at the same time. But I, I've always kind of thought that I'm kind of more of an entrepreneur at heart and and I never really saw myself working for somebody else. But I think Maybird kind of scratches that itch a little bit, you know, that it's something something that I can run. And the good thing is, is like Maybird doesn't, isn't supposed to really make money. And I'm apparently I'm good at running businesses that don't make money. So <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Yeah. Me and Chip are extremely wealthy from running me dwelling. Yeah. Really, pro- really profitable. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, can you take us through the process of when you decided to start this? Like, um, you looked at your sons and you're like, let's do it. Or did it organically just start? Or can you talk about how that, well, how the history? Yeah, that's, that's kind of an interesting story. And um, so you guys probably know my oldest son, Joe, you know, when, when I started getting into cycling, I, I really just kind of, that's just all I want to do with my kids. You know, I, I got them bikes, just tried to, go riding with them as much as we could. I had to bribe them a lot to go with me. Wasn't a whole lot of fun for them. Um, and this is back when like nobody had really heard of Nike. Like Nike was just kind of a new thing. And I remember I went to like some outdoor expo and there was like this, this booth there and some girl was talking about high school mountain biking and I had never even heard of it. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. And so so somehow I convinced my kids to join um, and, and Joe just really, really got into it. You know, at first he was a little reluctant. He got into it in his, his senior year, he just decided he was going to go all out. He was just going to go, just going to do everything. He, he just thought he was just, just wanted to be the best ever. And so he, so basically we, we just kind of trained via common sense where, you know, you just ride as much as you can, as hard as you can every single time you ride. Mm-hmm. And I think we just comically kind of did every single thing wrong <laughs> that you, you know, it's like training is really kind of counterintuitive sometimes, you know? And, um, and I mean, we're talking like intervals five times a week and in, in between that you do like hard rides between those intervals. And then, Mm-hmm. race race every weekend and mm-hmm. you know and long story short he he ended up overtraining that year severely and and i was at um i was at his state champ nike race as a senior he was in varsity and i mean he 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 did okay he's he struggled through he made it but there's there's a kid there racing connor Patton, um that was just about a mile ahead of the rest of the varsity field. And I remember Connor Patton rode past me and I told him like, Hey, good job, man. And he kind of smiled and nodded at me. And that was like a turning point for me because I'm like, okay, this kid knows something. He he looks like a normal kid. (laughs) I'm like, I, I don't know what his secret is, but I am not going to rest till I find out what this kid knows that I don't know. And so so starting then, I just kind of pretty much dedicated my life to just learning everything I could about like physiology, about our bodies, about like training and, and what makes us faster. I was just soaking in any little bit of information I could. And the more I learned, the more 
I wanted to learn. It just kind of, I just became super passionate about it, you know? And, and, and so, but, but how, you know, that's kind of how I got into the whole, my interest in training and, and so forth. But how, how Mayward actually started is um, there's a, a team. I don't know if anyone remembers summit that the Turners ran for several years. Um, you know, I always just thought that was just the coolest thing because these kids could ride outside of NICA. Um, they could go to some of these national races. They could wear these kits at like at I cup races at midweek races. And, you know, it's just kind of like, I just thought the whole high school thing was so cool that just kind of wanted more, you know, and to, and, 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 and so Joe and I kind of talked about it. He had a, a couple of his friends and, basically the first year it was just me and a bunch of Joe's friends was basically Mayberg, you know, and, <laughs> and, um, it's actually a pretty, pretty impressive crew back then. Cause all these kids were super fast and, and, um, you know, so, so that was kind of like, like our first year. And I think each year I kind of like every year I'm kind of surprised kids keep joining, but it does get a little <laughs> bit, bigger every year and it um you know it, it's changed and evolved but i've always wanted it to kind of feel like i don't ever want it to feel like an enormous team you know so you know so one thing we do is we split up into a whole bunch of smaller groups that hopefully feel more like an individual individual team so i think maybird's almost more kind of like a league mm. and the the different groups that that we split into based on ability, hopefully kind of feel more like, like an individual team. And you still kind of have that small group feel that, that we had when we started. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I, I know I get the sense that there's probably people listening. <clears throat> I'm going to call out our younger millennials who don't know anything about what we are talking. Uh, 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 <laughs> Let me just explain something real quick that I actually didn't know. So what Dan is talking about is uh, inside the high school program, there's a, there's like a league that runs the high school racers and they manage the, the coaches and they test the, uh, the certificates of your concussion training. And they, create the race courses and they plan out the high school season, right? It's like who they manage, they manage the high school group. Uh, so now let me read this note from Dan that, that we found. It says, uh, it's easy enough for me to tell you the practical reasons I started Maybird. I wanted there to be more group ride options for NICA age riders. That's what I'm talking about. The high school kids, more post high school options for graduated riders and better training and education opportunities for developing cyclists. But it's harder to fully capture the real reasons that I started the team. If I had to sum it up, I'd say this, I love cycling. It's changed my life for the better. And I want that for more people. How cool is that? That's the best Dan. Dan, me and Chip feel the same way. We're like brothers here. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is these Maybird kids, as Dan was talking about, they cross that boundary of Skyline and Olympus. Um, and it becomes more than just uh, these high school kids riding together. And that is why I wanted Dan to come on to hear his story and to talk about why this is such a special thing for so many kids. Thomas Zanger, who's like part of our team with Joel. If you don't know Thomas, 
like he pridefully wear like we'll show up for team rides dude and he wears his maybird kit he's like no i'm on i'm on maybird and it's like this is awesome that he still feels that close to the group that he was with in high school and uh it's just really fun to see the culture that you've created dan and obviously it comes from the top so it's cool to see that very good i appreciate Chip. that yeah one and- thing i might just I, I i might just throw out here um that's it's kind of a, a a difference between like like maybird and the high school clubs is that i'm quite proud of is mm-hmm. like with the with the high school groups um a lot of times like the you get this you get these circumstances where the best and most experienced coaches will ride with the fastest riders mm-hmm. and the parents that are kind of new to the sport because it really doesn't take much to become a Nike coach, you have to watch a few videos and take an online test and the, the skills training, you go to like the skills training, it takes like an hour, mm. you know, and then all of a sudden so you're, you're qualified to, to coach kids how to ride bikes, you know, whereas like, whereas like in a high school football coach usually played college football or something, you know, so, right. Um, so I think, you know, and then, like I said, you know, kind of the best kids get the, the, you know, kind of the Drew Freeze and the best coaches and, the kids that are the beginners kind of get the parents that are just kind of volunteering and pretty casual yeah. riders. And um, one thing I think about this, that's cool about how Maybird does things is we actually use a lot of our riders like Thomas or, you know, our older, more experienced riders to ride with the, the beginner kids, you know, so, so kids are getting to learn from just top notch experienced kid riders that have like, race nationally and and have better skills than most pretty much any parents gonna have and and i think it's just a really good way for some of these kids to get into the sport and get really really quality instruction by using basically maybird alumni and and some of our older more experienced riders to help coach the kids and kind of perpetuate the program and so that's nice. I know that um, it's had the same effect on Mia. She's graduated from high school. The Olympus jersey and kit gets passed down to my younger boys who are <laughs> the Olympus, but the Maybird kit remains as one of her go-tos for for normal training. Um, Dan, it's um, you know it has a an effect on this. This overall has a, a very strong effect. And we're talking. We've been talking a lot about that on, on these student athletes and as well as parents. Um, this listening here today are, um, our parents uh, typically that are uh, raising kids and and looking for. Um, I know I'm speaking for everyone listening that are looking for great coaches for their kids, great teachers for their kids, great mentors for their kids, um, places where their kids can be involved and come away with a good experience, a life lesson. And so when when Dan goes to email and is communicating with uh, parents and kids, Oftentimes the parents will come away and I've watched this with like, I mean, I've, I've seen my wife read Dan's emails to the kids <laughs> and, and she is like, who is this guy? Why is he putting 
this kind of time and he's making big bucks. He's making a lot of money with Maybrook. <laughs> into these emails. We're talking paragraphs of of details, not only on, and we talked about it earlier, not only regarding the <laughs> the bike, but about life. And um I copied and pasted just a few emails that I've received over the years from Dan. And and here's just here's just an example of of something that Dan shares via email. And and this particular part is titled the um, aerobic uh, sub-threshold rides. And Dan says, the fastest riders on our team all have one thing in common. They ride more. There is an undeniable correlation between the amount of time someone rides and how fast they are. It's really not about being in a group that pushes you or doing some magical combination of intervals. It's about spending more time riding sub threshold fairly easy the fitness you gain by spending more time riding at a moderate pace is longer lasting more dependable and makes higher intensity work have a bigger effect if you are not as fast as you would like to be try longer or more frequent aerobic rides and so you know i'm reading this and i'm just thinking wow my my 16-year-old just read this email and is like nodding her head going like, okay, I, I get hmm. She's not listening to dad, you know, who is telling <laughs> this is Dummy. you know, and uh, so the, the thought, Dan, that you're putting into mentoring, coaching, and all the things that I just mentioned, um, share with us what um, is, is, you know, behind that. Well, a couple of things. And one thing I, I used to send out, like um, I started out sending out emails to people and then I'm like, wait, kids don't read emails. So then I started sending out like, like just text messages from um, team snap. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think kids are more likely to read those. But um, lately we've been kind of using the podcast as a chance for me to, to offer my unsolicited advice, you know, to people. Um, and I don't know if that works better or not, but it's, it's, I, I, that's kind of how we're doing it now. Um, but I don't know. like, I just love, like, I just love learning about this stuff. And, but almost as much as I love learning about, it, I love teaching about it. You know, like I just get so like, I'll, I'll kind of learn something or think about something and I'm just excited to share it. And, you know, it may or may not be useful to people, but it's, it's, it's fun to share with people. And, you know, one, one theory or one thing I have about Maybird is like a lot of kids out there and a lot of people just want to be like coached. They want like a training plan that tells them everything to do and they don't want to think about it. They just want to, and I think that's great and it, it works. Um, but I personally think that in the long run, like if they understand some of these training principles, that's going to serve them, you know, throughout their life, you know, if they can understand some of this stuff and, you know, under understand why some of those things are on their plan and so forth. So, you know, one of my, one of my sayings I like to say is principles over plans, you know, and, and, you know, and, and I think my role, because I really, you know, 
we, we have so many kids. I can't really individually coach as many as I'd want, but I, I do love to every opportunity I have to teach and, and hopefully someone out there finds it useful or helpful or, or benefits from it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, education is probably one of the biggest priorities for Maybird because I want these kids to know, to know what they need to know that they can be successful lifetime athletes after they're away from the tutelage of their coaches and high school coaches and so forth. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, Dan, one thing that I think would be interesting in this, this question can have multiple different uh, takeaways. So I might do some follow-ups, but having done this for a while now, what have you learned that makes a great team? Like, what have you learned that's like, this is detrimental to our team, or this is what we have to do to create a great team. Cause I mean, Chip and I are interested in that and the people that are listening. Um, and you've been involved in a, in a lot of different kids that cycle through year after year. Um, what have you seen that makes a great, great team? Hmm. That's a really good question. I haven't really given that a lot of thought, but um, obviously culture is extremely important. Um, the culture of Maybird is so important to me. We, I mean, I really want, like if someone is riding on a trail or riding on the road and sees someone in a Maybird jersey, I hope that person can, can assume that that Maybird rider is going to be one of the most friendly, polite people mm -hmm. they're ever going to meet. Um, you know, the fastest kid in the state could want to join Maybird. And if they're a jerk, I wouldn't want him to, you know, it's <laughs> like, I, I joke with people all the time. I'm like, I'd rather you be nice than be fast, you know? And, um, I, I think that, that culture is just super important in, in making sure it's a culture that you're proud of and in, you know, getting people involved that kind of share that same vision and, and can align with that culture. I, I think that's super important. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing is, is just kind of like the reason that, that you do it is important. And, um, you know, that like, I, I really, I really think that one thing that, I mean, initially it can be motivating for kids, but can almost, kind of be a nail in a coffin ultimately is if they're motivated by ego. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's super important that, that everyone on Maber does it because it's healthy, brings them joy, makes them happy. It's fun. And, you know, whether they're having a bad day or a good day, they're, they're happy that they're on their bike, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, nice. so yeah, I, uh, that's that's a good question though. Um, can I give a follow up, Chip? I don't want to jump in on you, but okay, follow. Then, uh, like, I have a kid, and if she listens to this, she's a sophomore. If you had like just a, you know, one opportunity to say to an up and coming cyclist, what have you also learned? Then, what makes a great kid? Like, what makes a great? What is it? Are there any factors that you're like? this will help you more than anything when it comes to the sport or participating in this uh, activity. Yeah, that's, 
that one I've thought a lot about. That's an easy, um, and I, I don't know if any of you have noticed, like on all of our bibs, we have the letters TBY and they're mm-hmm. upside down on our bibs. So you could like the rider can see them while they're pedaling. Okay. And, and that it just stands for the best you. Nice. And uh, that's just, that concept is just so important to me that, um, that kids don't really compare themselves. Like you really shouldn't compare yourself with other people. That it should be about you, about you being becoming the best that you can possibly be. Um, there's just such a huge difference between the worst we could be and the best we could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's really like, we really can't control how we can't control how good other people are. You know, unless we're like poisoning them or flattening their tires or something, we really can't control how good other people are that show up. But we have so much control over how good we can be ourselves. And that's really where the focus should be is just improving ourselves and not comparing ourselves to others. I love that. So, Spoken by someone who's been around a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though it really is because i you know like the other day i was um riding with honestly one of the best girls in the state she's won multiple varsity races she wins Hmm. you know wins races all the time and and a friend of hers was riding as well that kind of got away a little bit and was going faster on that particular day and she started getting really discouraged and and she's like, you know, why is so-and-so so fast? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why are you so fast? You're faster than like pretty much 99.9% of the girls I know. Hmm. Yet you're discouraged today because one particular girl is having a better day than you. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I just, I just really want the motivation to turn inward and you know, if you're having a good day or a bad day, it doesn't really matter. You're just always trying to be the best that you can be and giving it all you got. And, and I, I think that's super important. Nice. Likewise. Great Following up on the TBY, I think it is um, kind of the pinnacle of of what Dan's shared today and, and Maybird in general. Um, I wanted to share this one other email specific to TBY that after the racing took place, then Dan reaches back out to the kids and the parents and, and he shares this. Here's just a email that, that we read. Um, Dan says, I am having a hard time thinking of a tougher sport than the one we have chosen to do. Watching so many amazing young athletes give everything they had this weekend was humbling and inspiring. It is such an honor to work with such amazing people. Regardless of what happened this weekend, you should be proud of where you are and the progress you have made. It's about the process of becoming better and not just one race. Hashtag TBY. Um, So again, just uh, these are life lessons that these kids are learning, but side by side, a a good mentoring group. And then it's also training the parents on how to, um, 
have these follow-up conversations with their kids that either came home upset from, I mean, we've all experienced that from games and races, et cetera, or they came home winning, you know, um, both sides of the coin. And, and Dan is, um, sharing this wisdom with these, with these kids and we just love it. And so do the kids. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Dan, before we roll into, uh, like a little conclusion advice and, uh, lessons learned, I wanted to ask you some quick, like sillier questions. You ready? Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. First, I got to know about your Strava. This is so, if you, if you don't go, if you don't follow Dan, you should, where did you get this idea? And we'll explain it to everybody what you do. Well, so every time I do an, a ride, okay, and it's only when I actually do rides, if I go on hikes or something, I don't do this. If it's an actual ride, I come up with a, I call it my Strava pole. Okay. And I, I ask a question after every ride and, um, and it's just super, like, I just love asking people questions. Like if I go on a drive with somebody, like, I just love to like, ask them questions and get answers. And they're usually kind of silly, random, pointless questions. I, I just, it's just something I think is super fun. And <laughs> it's a great way to get people to comment on your rides. <laughs> so like, if I don't do that, I don't get any comments. So, um, and let I me think, just throw out there. If yeah. you are listening, uh-huh. it makes my day. If you answer one of my questions. So, okay. So, I'm going to yeah. answer every day. Yeah. So please try and answer. If you like, can. yeah. Like for example, yesterday's was, um, was it worst? thanksgiving food least favorite nastiest yeah. it was so funny <laughs> well and the, the funny the challenge is i'll like huh? i'll like push stop on my computer and then i'm like oh crap i've got to hurry and think of a question huh? and i try my best not to duplicate but because if i do people call me out on it i'm like what yeah i did that like two years ago cut me some slack oh, you know <laughs> but um I thought maybe you had like a random question generator because they're good. They're good questions. I make them up myself. Um, (laughs) I, I do have a note in my notes on my phone. When I think of a good question, I'll put them there, but nice. I haven't thought of good questions for a while. I've, I've I've heard people, but yeah, that's super fun for me. So. Okay. Good. Uh, Favorite place to ride and why, where would you pick? Oh my goodness. So I always joke that I have a really low fun threshold. Like <laughs> I can have fun pretty much anywhere. And seriously, as long as my legs are turning in a circle, I'm happy, Nice, you know? So, um, I really am just happy riding just about anywhere, but probably my favorite, I really love the dog Deso loop. Nice. Um, I, I think that just like trails and scenery just don't get any better than that. Um, I'm happy pretty much anywhere in Park City, but also I love the desert. I love riding in St. George. So basically, I love riding like I, I like doing Zwift. I mean, I'm I'm pretty easy to please. <laughs> you know, I I'm just I just have to be on my bike. It really doesn't matter okay. too much where. Nice uh, favorite race course, favorite high school race course. Which one is the best? Ooh, high golf is a spectator or racer? Man, maybe both. Um, I'd say as a spectator, snow basin, I, mm. I just think it, I love being up there. I just kind of like the vibe and the feel up there. Yeah. Um, favorite course. I really like Manti. Mm. That was, it was just super fun to ride. Fun. Cool. Uh, what bike do you ride now? 
I write a scalpel. Okay. Mac. Very good. And then perfect day for you. You already kind of answered this. It doesn't oh, really matter, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So perfect day for me is when you just pretty much spend the entire day uh-huh. alternating between riding a bike and eating food. <laughs> you know. I agree. You know, I just, I just did that. that frog so, hollow good, thing. so good. <laughs> yeah. I just did frog hollow and I kind of poached it. I, I kind of like borrowed someone's race plate and I didn't go through the timing tent. But I rode all day long. You still did like a hundred miles, like over. Yeah, and but it was just like the perfect day because like I would ride and then I'd come to the tent and I'd eat something and I'd ride some more. Mm-hmm. And like there are a lot of people out there suffering, but I'm like, you know what? This is like I, I want to do this on my birthday. This is like I the know. perfect day. <laughs> like that's so good. Chip, any other any other quick questions? Oh man. Um I'm I'm really looking at forward to hearing from dan on on advice um okay. for dads and coaches well dan if you we always kind of ask these questions if if you were to uh like if you were to go back and do it again with your boys or advice to us young dads uh not like you're old but what what, what advice would you give there what would you share bike related or just dad related either way well um I'll, I'll I'll say two things. The first is kind of more practical on kind of how to get fast and and how to become a better cyclist. And then the second is going to be a little more mushy. So okay. <laughs> so um, you know, from the time I saw Connor Patton just right away from that group, I have been on this like constant search for the silver bullet that makes people fast. You know, I've, I'm, I'm like, okay, the pros just got to know some secret and I've just been determined to find out what that is. And turns out there's really not one, but I would say, you know, I, I always say there's kind of three things that are pretty simple that, you know, if you want to get faster on the bike, these are three pretty simple guidelines that, you know, that are going to make you faster. And, you know, and the first one is just ride more. I mean, that's how simple is that? You know, there's just the core, like, like the kids in the VART that are winning varsity races ride a lot more than the kids that are in mid pack and other divisions, you know, it's, Hmm. it's, there's nothing that complicated or magical. It's just like, it's just more time on the bike makes you faster, obviously to a point, you know, um, that's the first thing. And then the second thing, and this is kind of a struggle for like high school kids is distributing your intensity. Like riding with high school kids is super fun, but I sometimes have a hard time distinguishing their zone two from their interval pace. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they're just basically always riding as fast as they can go given the circumstances. <laughs> and the only time they slow down is when they get tired. That's the best description of how every high school kid rides. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and like the more they suffer, the more fun they have. Yep. You know, and um, so getting them to slow down is kind of a challenge. But, um, but yeah, like learning how to distribute the intensity appropriately is huge. And it's a little counterintuitive sometimes, but um, it helps a lot. But, and then the third thing for that would be just taking care of yourself with nutrition and rest and recovery and, you know, 
if you can do those three things, you're probably going to get faster. Um, as far as the kind of mushier side goes, as far as my advice would be, is, um, you know, really just try and use this sport to become a better person all around. You know, I, I really hope that like by being part of Maybird, it helps you be a, a healthier, happier, nicer, friendlier person. Um, you, you know, just, just this sport has so many opportunities to, to make friends. I mean, I, I am just so thankful for all the friends I've made that if it weren't for this, if it weren't for my involvement in the cycling community, my friends wouldn't be nearly as cool as they are. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got some really disproportionately cool friends that I, I'm just so lucky to, to be able to hang out with and ride with and be friends with. Um, so yeah, just use the sport to become a better person. Um, I, and another thing I would, I would say is, you know, do it because it brings you joy. A lot of times, you know, we kind of teach kids that, you know, just make sure you're having fun. And that is true, but let's face it, not every single day on the bike's fun. And it's, it's kind of like, I compare it to like raising kids, you know, like not every day of raising kids is fun, right? You know, <laughs> but it does bring you joy. And that's what I really hope this sport does for people is it, you know, whether you're having fun or not, whether it's hard or easy, that ultimately it's, it's bringing joy to your life, you know? So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's my advice. Great advice. Great list. Very good. So good. Chip, any follow-up, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, Dan, what, as we kind of start to wrap up, what's next for Maybird? You, you mentioned, um, it's not something that you're trying to grow massively. Like, you know, there's this feeling of um, perfect size always when you're a part of the Maybird group based on the attention you're receiving from those that are helping and being mentored by you. And as you mentioned, um, those that have, that are um, alumni Maybirds. Um, what's, what's next for Maybird? You know, I, I honestly don't think it's going to get a lot huger just because there's teams like this. There's always teams like this starting up in kind of different geographic areas and so forth, you know. So I don't really anticipate it growing a ton. I don't know. I could be wrong, you know. But, um, but I do, you know, I just always hope that we keep making it better and we keep, you know, I think that the future of it's really going to be in, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our athletes have gone on missions and come back. And um, a lot of them are, you know, I, I'm just so excited to be able to use some of the Maybird alumni, you know, to, to continue to, to make it a quality program for, for these kids. And, and then it's kind of a, a win-win because you know as you're going through college and, and through your 20s that's a really really tough time in life and prioritizing exercise exercise is one of the easy like exercise and sleep are probably the easiest things to kind of leave by the wayside mm -hmm. but you know if you're signed up to be a coach and to help kids on a certain night you know it forces you to get out and get some exercise and get a workout so i, I think it's really kind of a win-win too you know but 
True. So very cool. Dan, anything we missed? Anything you want to conclude with? No, I, I think you guys did an awesome job. You know, <laughs> I was just going to say, whenever I go out and ride, mm -hmm. um, you know, I see two kits out there a lot. They're either Maber kits or me Duelli kits, you know? So, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I see you guys around all the time and it's, um, but I would have to say, you know, probably kind of along those lines, if, you know, probably the most rewarding thing for me is when I'm out riding just on my own, I'll see these kids neighbor kits and they're just out riding on their own, you know, and they're not like with their high school team. They're not, sometimes we're with friends. They're not with like an organized group. They just decided rather than to like stay home and play on their phone or stay home and sleep or whatever, they decided to, to get out on their bike and ride their bike, you know? And I just think, you know, and, and those, there, there's these kids I just see all the time out there and, Incidentally, all those kids that I see out frequently are doing really, really well. So, um, I just, I just love it. Nice. Fun. All righty, Dan. Appreciate you. Uh, is Joe going to be sad he wasn't invited on the podcast with you? Or are we going to have to bring him on as a guest one day? Well, I will say Joe's way more interesting than I am. <laughs> he's yeah he's definitely more interesting than i am so okay maybe we'll I'm, reach I'm out. kind of the i'm kind of the boring non-funny one of us too i disagree so. <laughs> <laughs> all righty fellas thanks so much grateful for both you chip any parting words no thanks so much dan we'll see you out there for sure cool well, thanks for this thanks for this opportunity appreciate thanks, it thanks guys thanks dan